Okay, let's start this party off right. <clears throat> this episode is dedicated to a very, 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 very special person in my life. I would not be who I am today. Um, Take that how you want to take it. <laughs> I would not be who I am today without this person. This episode is dedicated to the late and, in my opinion, great Estelle Coleman of Neptune, New Jersey. Um, like a second mother to me. From the tender age of nine years old, was cultivating me, you know, affirming my my calling and affirming my place as a believer in Christ Jesus. Um, she taught me, uh, you know, through her example, and I would say inadvertently, how to be authentically Christian, how to be yourself and still be a believer, you know, and to be unapologetic of about who you were and who you were in Christ, moreover. So I just want to salute her on today and congratulate her on her um, matriculation into glory. God bless you. I love you more than life itself, and I cannot wait to see you again. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, and so long. I will see you very soon. Okay, that took a lot out of me. Uh, okay, uh, how you guys doing? It's, um, it's good to be back. Um, we took a week off of John and I've been kind of going slow with John purposefully because there's just literally a lot to get through. And today, although it be late, I drank some soda. We are going to get through um, the rest of chapter three and we are going to begin chapter four in John. Um, and I think it's, it is fitting today to talk about um chapter four and to talk about what was happening in chapter four number one with it being women's uh month and i think yesterday was actually women's day international women's day um but with this whole month being women's month and with you know just in celebration of you know this this is like a personal thing but um I was I've been raised by amazing women. I've been raised by amazing women. Um one of who I just spoke about earlier in the podcast, major influence on my life. Um I would not be who I am, where I am and who I am in Christ if God had not put these women in my life. And so we are going to meet a woman today who had a past and had a present until she met Jesus. And um, hopefully in some way, shape or form, you'll be able to relate. And so uh, I just I just love the fact that we serve a very personal and relevant God and one who wants to be in our circumference and wants to be in our situation and do something about our situation. And so we just got a lot to get through today. Got my Bible with me today. So I got the, you know, 
I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. This, just a personal opinion, uh, just a personal opinion, uh, the, uh, the Bible app is cool. I'm not mad at anybody who uses the Bible app. Use the Bible app. It's very convenient. But there is nothing like holding the graphe in your hands and just reading from a tangible book or a tangible Bible. Just a personal opinion. Get it how you live. The word is living and it's active. And, you know, it's not it's not a thing of you must read from a physical Bible. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying from a personal standpoint, while I look through here, like, man, for me, find out what works for you, you know? And I don't mean it in this new age Christian way of of find out what works for you. I mean, find out who God is and find out, find out what works best for you in your devotion. And like when you're spending time with the Lord and when you're getting to know the Lord, then say like when you're say, for instance, if you're listening to this podcast and you you use this podcast as an avenue to get to know who the Lord is better in lieu of you taking this information and going forth with it. It's okay to try different things. It's okay to figure out like what works best for you. Like, man, what if I want to walk and listen to this or walk and listen to the scriptures or uh, go to this um, nature site and just read the word or whatever it might be, you know, Um, you know, whatever it might be. And like, let just pray about it and let the Lord use you on, on it. Listen, man. We got a lot to get through, and I'm not about to hold no punches today. So we left off at um, John 21. We finished up John 21. I will say this. So, again, we're going to break it down like this. I'm going to try my best to recap chapter chapter 1 to chapter 3. Then I'm going to talk to you about uh, uh, the, the rest of chapter 3. And then we're going to start the beginning part of chapter four. So starting now. All right. So what we've learned thus far is that God created the heavens and the earth and he used the word to create the heavens and the earth. And we found out that the word itself is Jesus is, is, you know, that the word became flesh and the word became Jesus as we know him right or as we're getting to know him as we walk through this we are we have also learned that uh John um was one of the disciples who wrote this book um there's also another John in this book that we're getting ready to read more about um he is not the one who wrote the book he is John the Baptist he is also not the way so John you find John in chapter 1 where John is saying look Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm not the way. I'm just showing you the way. And that's and John, whenever you read about John, you need to find your way to put yourself in the position of John. And like however John is acting in these moments, that's how you should be acting. You are not the way. You are not the way. You never will be the way. So whenever people are like, oh, man, I just love your personality. I just love this about you. I love that about you. I love the way you do this. I love the way you do that. And it's like, okay, cool. Do not stop here. It is not me. It is he who lives in me. It's not me. There is one greater than I am. You better point to Jesus. I promise you. 
that's chapter one. <laughs> chapter two, we um, you know, we found Jesus at a wedding, and we find that Jesus gives grace, and that Jesus gives grace upon grace. And whenever Jesus does something, he does it in abundance. And you will come to find this out. Um and later in later chapters as well like like the word the you know again the word is the word and the word just does what it does the word says um lord remind me of the scripture um remind me of the scripture about you doing things in abundance um it'll come back to me um but uh god does things in abundance god gives grace jesus gives grace there's common grace then there's grace for the believer we talked about that um, chapter three, we got into, we got into Nicodemus, right? We got into Nicodemus and Nicodemus saying like, look, um, I'm a, I know that I'm a Pharisee and I'm like the, uh, the president of all the Pharisees and we're trying to keep this law and we know that we still can't keep this law. Um, even though we putting laws on top of laws to keep the law, Man, he he said to Jesus, look, I know you're a good teacher. And Jesus just gets to the heart of the matter. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, in order to be saved, you must be born again. In order to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And ladies and gentlemen, I know that we got a lot of uh, listeners that um, aren't too well versed in church. And I don't care. If you're well versed in church or not, this is exactly you are who I'm speaking to. So if you need me to break stuff down even further, just let me know. And I will. There's been, you know, a few people like, man, um, just a little bit more. So I will do it even just I will do it even more. OK, as much as I possibly can. So it's not about. So like so when when we say saved, when, when we say saved, people think that they understand what saved it. Like when we say saved, I don't mean like I don't mean like, oh, this dude is holy. And even though it does mean that that is a part of salvation, that is a part of salvation. This dude don't do nothing. All he do is go to church and work and home and pray that it's OK, fine, if that's what you want to do. But to be saved is to be saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God. Everyone before they accept Jesus Christ is under God's wrath and under God's um, scrutiny. You know, it's like, look, because again, like our sinful nature and, and we've already talked about how sin is not just an action, but sin is a is a state of being where sin is a, is, is a state that every human is in. And we need Jesus to to appease the Lord's wrath upon our lives. We need him. We we just need him. And, you know, and um, and if you want to know more about that, we talked about we talked more about this in um, in the last episode. And I gave that I, I gave you the bonus episode, but I didn't give you another episode to go with it. You know, uh, I didn't start John chapter four because I just felt that. It was a lot going on in that episode. There was a lot to unpack and there was a lot to digest. So no need of putting another podcast on top of the one that you already just listened to. Take your time with it. Digest it. Um, let it mull over. Let it wash over you. If it if it agrees with your spirit, let it marinate. Um, but what I'm saying is 
and I don't want to paint the Lord out to be this um this guy that just hates everything. He's not. What he what he does is and who he is, God is love. You've heard these things about God. You've heard this these things in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, where it says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering." Wherever you see love, what love is this? You can put God in there, and it will be perfect. So God is love. Don't get me wrong. And God is perfect, and God is love, and so everything, everything that God hates, everything that God opposes would have to be everything that is not rooted in love. Sin is not rooted in love. It's not. So when God is punishing things and God has to punish sin because God is just, God is a just God. So, if we, we, you know, if, if you have someone kill someone, let's say someone kills someone and we just let that person go off scot-free, that's not that's not justice and that's not love. Something and or someone has to pay for this. So because God is who he is, he says, you know what? Y'all have to pay for sin. Something has to pay for this because I am so just because I am so loving. Something and or someone has to pay for this. I got it. I myself will pay for this. I will send my son and I will pay for this. So we find ourselves here and I, it might have been like a piss poor job at, at, at um, you know, recapping all of this. But this stuff is really important for what we're going to learn today. And it's just some stuff that I've been listening to this podcast. I'm like, I need to explain this more. I need to drill this in more. I need to go back over this again. Also. Also, I do need to make an apology. Um, This podcast, I want this podcast to be as palatable for as many people as possible. Not everyone is going to be able to get down with this podcast. I am not mad. I am not offended. Not everyone is going to be able to rock with this podcast. And it is okay by me. What I am not okay with is when... I say certain things that might that would that I can prevent things that I can prevent without tainting the gospel and without tainting who Jesus is in the eyes of people that might deter some people. I said a word that I will not repeat today, but I said a word in jest and with my friend, you know, where I just got a little bit too comfortable. And I and I said uh, a word that might be offensive to quite a few people listening to this podcast and I do want to apologize and it won't happen again. I didn't have time to edit it out. So that was that I knew it in that moment I was like, ah, got a little too comfortable, but I really need to get this out and I'll apologize later. So I do want to apologize to anyone who heard the word and didn't appreciate it. I am very authentic. I am very much so myself. Um and so, but, 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 um, as the Bible says, I become all things to all men so that I might save some. So, um, although I'm not, I'm not acquiescing and I'm not acquiescing to how people view me or whatever it might be. There's just certain things about my, myself that I don't always have to share 
and have to be my full self in. I'm just trying to. My main purpose is the gospel and whoever and whatever I need to do to get out that message with authenticity and with um, as much um, um, integrity as possible. That is exactly what I will do. And the Lord isn't going to call me to do anything outside of his will that isn't right because God is perfect and God is love and, you know, God hates sin. So I just wanted to say that and I apologize. Okay, so I think I covered everything up until we get to here. Yes, John chapter three. So if you follow me to John chapter three and thanks for sticking with me so much. I know I'm talking a little fast, a little faster than I usually talk. We are in John chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 22. So if you want to follow along with your Bible, that's fine. If you just want to listen to me, that's also fine. Let this wash over you. Ah, Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for being who you are. We thank you for um, loving us so much. We thank you for caring for us so much. We thank you for being so much yourself that you couldn't bear to see us die in our sins and just and you know just because you are so good and because you are so holy and because it's like look this is my standard but I will become my standard for my standard and for the sake for the safety and for the the um you know just for these people as a whole so we say thank you for the sacrifice that you have made lord god and uh, we thank you for sending us your son giving us jesus and i pray that this podcast that anyone under the sound of my voice that listens to this podcast will not view um like that they will not view um this this lent season as just any any old thing this year or view um um quote unquote Easter is what I would like to call Resurrection Sunday and this resurrection season as just any old usual Resurrection Sunday slash Easter um, season or anything like that. But Lord, that their lives would be changed, their mindsets would be changed and that their lives would be changed so much to the point that they say, look, I yield, I yield. What must I, sinner, do to be saved? Lord God, it is about serving you. Anybody that wants to make a proclamation of faith, anyone that says, look, I am convinced and I am satisfied with who Jesus is and I want him in my life. Lord God, allow them to do that. And and if and if you want to do that even now, we can pray together right now. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I I I, I Forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner and I and I'm asking you to save me. And, um, you know, I want you in my life, something to that magnitude and you shall be saved. I'm a sinner. That is confession. And I believe in you. Confess and believe is what the word says. You do that and you shall be saved. The word says that them that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Lord God, we um. We, we we do pray that this podcast does something amazing, that it does something miraculous in the life of whomever is tuning into this each and every week. If this may be the only podcast that they tune into, that they may get you in full is what I pray. 
So, Lord God, as we dive into your word and so as we dive into who you are, as we dive into getting to know more about you, Lord God, would you be with us? Would you be with us and would you would you radiate and would you emit even from even from what I'm saying, Lord God, would you just impart wisdom upon everyone who is listening to this, Lord God? Holy Spirit, do your work. We, we pray that your, your word does pop up off of these pages like a pop-up book. We love you, we glorify you, and we thank you yet again. And um, we get ready to learn more and enjoy you. In Jesus' name, amen. What a privilege it is to pray. What a privilege it is to be able to talk to God and know that he hears you. What a privilege it is to be to come before the throne of grace boldly, knowing that he hears you, knowing that he wants to do something about your situation. What a mighty God we serve. If you don't have him, you better get him. All right. John chapter three, verse 22. It reads, then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. <laughs> You'll find out why that's funny in a second. Uh, verse 23. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anan near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. John the Baptist, that is. A debate broke out between John's disciples, John the Baptist again, and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, I didn't tell you all this before. Rabbi means teacher. So whenever someone is calling rabbi, it is it is um, it is partially in respect, but also what they're calling them is teacher. And rabbi, you don't just call anybody rabbi. It, it it meant something. Um, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. Oh, we're going to break this down. Is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Listen to him. You heard him? Uh, John, chapter, uh, John chapter 3 verse 27 says... John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Put a bookmark in that. Highlight that. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. He's like, fam, I told y'all that. I told y'all that in chapter one. <laughs> Verse 29. It is the oh peep this. You cats love to talk about bars and cats love to talk about me having bars or this person having bars and all of that type of stuff. The Bible has bars. Check this out. Get this. Don't miss this. It is the bridegroom who's mar who marries the bride. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. And the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. 
Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Mm. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Okay. All right, let's break this down. There's a lot that I was finally able to, and I've, 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 I've been over and over this, um, this book, this chapter for a couple of weeks. And I'm trying to tell you, it's nothing like getting ready and needing the Holy Spirit in the moment to share his word with people and certain things just start coming to you that weren't coming to you before. But it also comes with preparation and the Lord knowing that you're preparing. God's like, all right, cool. I got you. Now it's time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Start from the beginning. So we read that. So what's happening, and we'll read it again, but what what is happening is John the Baptist is doing his thing. John the Baptist had disciples as well. What is a disciple, Keith, that John the Baptist has disciples? I thought only Jesus had disciples. No, you can have disciples. I have disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are people that follow you, that follow you in the name of the Lord, pretty much. They're, they're, they're um, people that are under you to learn from you. Um, I, it's very important to understand that you should probably um, disciple one another. That helps you grow as well. But there is someone that you should, someone should be able to mentor you and say, look, this is what God is saying. You know what I mean? Not what God is saying, but this is the way of the Lord. You know what I mean? Someone to show you and help show you the way. John was helping to show the disciples the way. Jesus, like, Jesus, I'm not, I can't even lie and say that Jesus' disciples didn't have one up. Like, you had, you had the way showing you the way. You know what I mean? So it's a little different. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much what a disciple is, what a disciple is. We are disciples. If we follow Jesus, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. But, you you know, you can you can be a disciple of someone in your church or someone that is very knowledgeable and wise and and, and is walking with the Lord themselves. So it's, it's not just exclusive to Jesus is all I'm saying. So John's disciples came to John and one of them came to John and he was like, look, man, um, they baptizing and that's your thing. And John had something to say about it. So this is where we are, right? So we'll read it again and then we'll break it down. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. 
Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anan near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River. Remember, remember back in chapter one where um, Jesus got baptized and John was like, fam, this is the Messiah. And then John saw him. They was John was uh, Jesus was doing something. And John just sees him in the distance. He was like, hey, y'all, there go the son of God. There go the Messiah. This is the one I've been telling you all about. He was real hyped. Um, and everyone is going to him instead of coming to us. That is what they said. They was like, fam, we're the ones doing the baptizing and here come Jesus. Now he want to do the baptizing. What's up with that? They were like, they not even coming to us anymore. They starting to go to him for baptism. They starting to go to him and his disciples for baptism. Now check this out. Ain't that, ain't that just like today? That's no different from today people like people love to think that like bickering again amongst different churches and all of that type of stuff and amongst other believers started after jesus died like this is the ad version of the church like no it's always been like this sin is sin (laughs) it's all it's always been crazy like that where people get jealous of one another and try and say that they're doing it in Christ. Like, what is your purpose? What is your reason for doing what, what you're doing? See, so this clearly this person's heart was not in in the right state of mind for saying, look, look, we out here baptizing and now they want to start baptizing. We started baptizing first, forgetting and or probably not even understanding. Fam, we were preparing the way he's here now. He's here. So now what we must what do we, what do we what must we do? We got to fall in line. Okay. So John replied, "No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven." No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. <laughs> he said I told you plainly. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. And that is why that is the only reason why we are here. That is that John, I'm trying to tell y'all, we we should have the heart of John. And it's so hard to have the heart of John. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That is why you need the Holy Spirit. It is human nature. I'll tell you this. Being a believer, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ is not a natural thing. It is not natural. It it in and of itself is supernatural. It's supernatural. How if you if you see all the things that love does, again, like just go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it talks about love is patient, love is kind, love, love. Love, um, believeth all things. Love hopes all things. Love never fails. In and of yourself, that is not virtually impossible. It's not relatively impossible. It is impossible. 
You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this without love itself. You cannot. Which is why, which is why, like, unbelievers saying that they, they love one another. I'm like, you can't, like, you can't know love without knowing God. The, the Bible even says that. It was like, if you don't know God, then you don't know love. So you, so you see people, like, just do all types of stuff in the quote-unquote name of love. And it's like, that don't even look anything close to, like, what love looks like. It's easy to spot a fake when you know the real McCoy. It's so easy. But you got to know the real McCoy. If you if you're a jeweler, you know the difference between between a diamond and and cubic zirconium. You know it. Right offhand, you you just look at him like, "Oh, that's a fake. That's a phony." Fugazi. <sighs> um, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. So what I'm saying is what I'm saying is the the whole idea to even say to even say, look, it's not about me. It's not about us. The the I was I am the the forerunner. I go before him. I'm the herald, if you will, that goes before Jesus, that goes before the, the guy and says, look, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Watch out. He's coming. Here he comes. What would a what type of herald would John be if he it, John be what type of herald would John be if John goes he's coming but like but not but for real look at me though I'm here he's coming he's coming but I'm here though that's not that doesn't make any sense and that is a message of confusion this so, that's why churches are in the disarray that they are in today there's so many leaders in the church that are trying to be the forefront and trying to be the focal point instead of making Christ the focal point do you know that the holy spirit himself does not attest of himself the holy spirit is fine with going unnoticed do you know that do you know that the holy spirit ain't tripping do you know that the Holy Spirit only wants you to get to know who Jesus is so that you can get to know who God is? That's how the Trinity works. It works in concert with one another. Whenever the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, whenever the Holy Spirit is doing whatever he's doing, he's pointing back to Jesus. The angels, there's there's been studies of angels, which I, I, I won't get into. I'm not I'm not that type of uh, apologist or anything like that. But it's been said that even angels don't want the uh, the applause. Angels don't want um, the focal point. They don't want the focus on them. They want it on Jesus. But why do you want the focus on Jesus? Because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the light. So John has it right. John is John is saying, look, fam, like I'm trying to tell y'all. This is not about me. I'm just here. I'm just here to prepare the way of the Lord. And that is what we as believers are supposed to be doing. He's coming back, people. He's coming back. And we we are to prepare the way for him. We are to show people who Jesus is. We are to show people what Jesus does for the life of people. We are to show people um, the goodness that is within us, that he's placed within us. We are to show people, look, he is real. He is true. You can be free. We are to show people Christ. We are to point the way to him. 
And that's what John was doing. That is exactly what John was saying. I am not the Messiah. And you, if you are listening to this and your name is not Jesus Christ of Nazareth, like you, you are not the Messiah. I don't even care if your name is Messiah. I know a couple of Messiahs. You are not the Messiah. You are not the Messiah. Messiah means chosen one. You could be a Messiah. But he's the Messiah of Messiahs. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. Verse 29. It is the bridegroom. I love this. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. Do you know that? Do you know that um, in, in our faith or in the faith, Christ, the, the Bible says that the Lord is coming back. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. It is said in scripture that, um, you know, um, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Who is the church? We are the church. All those who are believers in Christ Jesus, we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. So when Jesus comes back, he's coming back for his church. He is coming back for his bride. This whole thing is a love story. A story. I keep trying to tell you all that this is a love story. Please stay with me. I know I'm all over the place, but not really because you see I'm still in the text. But this is a love story. You have to understand this. It will open up more to you for the romantic. Please understand it this way. If you love romantic, um, not even rom-coms because this ain't necessarily a comedy. But if you love romantic stuff, if you are a hopeless romantic, you should cling very deeply to this. Jesus came to get his bride and to snatch his bride from the enemy. And to take his bride home and to prepare a place for his bride. He was like, I'm coming back for you. And we'll find this later and later in John where Jesus goes. He was like, I'm going to prepare a place for you. A place that's not made by human hands. I'm going to come right back for you. But like, that's the most romantic thing. I'll talk about preparing and being engaged and all that in another podcast. People got mad at me because I said... You should save um, three months salary and all the Christians got mad at me. What? Save? What? Prepare? What? Prepare a place? What? No, just get married. Like Jesus took his time. Jesus did what he had to do to to in a way. Yes. Prove his love to us. Hmm. I'm not saying you you gotta spend mad money on a ring. I'm saying I'm not saying that. But I'm saying but I am saying the thought that you get mad because I'm saying like look, take your time, be patient. Uh, why don't you save this and that? Why don't you just you know, it is a way of showing showing that you are willing to sacrifice and to prepare for a person. It's like and Christians get upset. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> But you, but please go deeper in Christ, man. Understand Him on a deeper level, man. Ah, I just want to be like Him. Okay, where are we? Verse twenty-nine. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. See, Jesus would be the bridegroom. Jesus would be the groom, if you will. 
It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him. We would be the bridegroom's friend. So we the bride and the bridegroom's friend. <laughs> it's, we, we have two people in this scenario. So as a, as a whole, as a whole, we are we are the bride, right? Individually, we like, look, I'm just glad to be standing next to you and hype that you about to take your bride with you. Two emotions. You are two people in this scenario. And the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. So when Jesus is making promises to us and Jesus isn't just making promises, we are able to stand on these promises. Vows are very important. I know that it looks crazy today and 50, 50 marriages and divorce and then divorce and marriage just looks like a sham and marriage just looks like something that the government instituted and all of that type of stuff. That is not what we believe. And if you are a Christian, if you, you better get that out of your mind. That is not what we believe. Our whole faith is built upon this. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to tell you today. Shoot. Like... I, like, I don't know, like, why our minds, well, I do know, because, you know, we fleshly beings, but the more, again, you must decrease, and he must increase. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Again, Christianity is not a natural thing. It is a supernatural thing. It is anti. It is anti-society. It is anti this world. It is otherworldly. We are peculiar people. Why do you do it this way? Because my because my way of being my my system, my world system is not that of this world. I'm a part of the kingdom now. We are run by a whole different system. See, you you have to think about you have to think about Christianity this way. Jesus is king. Thank you, Kanye, even though you weren't nearly the first person to say it. Thank you for making that proclamation for us so that people can know it. Jesus is king. We are in the kingdom if we believe in this king. But understand that a kingdom is set up by a whole different set of rules than any other kingdom. This is the kingdom that we are a part of. Stop living like this world and stop taking on this on the world's um, understanding of what life is. They're not even an author and institutor of this. They don't know how the world works. But we want to say, but we want to live in this way of understanding the way that other people understand stuff. And we have been called to a higher understanding. Keep growing in Christ. Keep learning more about him. Keep knowing his statutes. Keep knowing his precepts and knowing why. And it's easy to understand. It is easy to it becomes easier and easier to follow someone when you know that they mean you well and that they won't steer you wrong. It is very hard to follow a person that has never done right by you, that has never and will never do right by you, and has, has made flubs and has jacked up in certain ways. It's very easy to not follow someone and, and be very cautious and because they're very uh, uh, precarious and all of that type of stuff. It's like, man, I don't know which way you're going to be today. And, I, and, and very volatile. That is not the God that we serve. That is not the king. That is not the rule that we are under.
better Christ up. Therefore, I am filled with joy. Verse, where are we? I don't even know where we at. Verse 29. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater. And I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater. He must become more important than me. So let's take it from this standpoint. I don't, I'm not, I'm not exegeting, I'm not isogeting. But let's continue to take the standpoint of of of, of a bridegroom and his best man, if you will. Because that's basically what it's describing, a best man. The more I grow in my relationship, the more that the, the groom grows in the relationship with his bride, guess who becomes less and less important? You got it. The best man. Man, I'm, I got to spend more and more time with my my wife. We going, we growing deeper and deeper. Oh, man. Yeah, we got we just bought a house. Oh, man, we just bought a new car. Oh, yeah, we just we just had uh, a kid. Oh, yeah, we just had another kid. Oh, yeah, we going into business ventures together. This, that, and the third. My wife, my bride, my wife and my, my husband, they become more and more important to me. And guess who becomes less and less important? Not that they're not important, not that they're not valued, but guess who becomes less important or should become less important? You got it. Ah, verse, uh, yes, verse, uh, Lord, verse 31, he has come from above and is greater than anyone else. Lord, you are greater than anyone else. We are of the earth. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things. What I tell you, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. Why am I, why am I following you, John? You from the earth. Well, I'm not following this guy from from heaven. I'm going to follow the guy from heaven who came down to earth. I'm going to follow him. See what he got to talk about. He got a better vantage point than you. Thank you, John, for leading the way to Jesus. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let me follow him now. Some of the disciples followed Jesus. They were following John. And they was like, all right, well, we're going to follow Jesus now. They had it right. Don't follow Keith. That's why Paul says this. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul, Paul, the apostle. Paul goes, follow me as I follow Christ. It ain't, it ain't follow me. And what you doing over there trying to follow Christ? You follow me. I'm going to keep telling you about Christ. No. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm trying to get out this chapter. Y'all just. Whew. Anyone who accepts his testimony. Where am I? Lord. He testifies. Verse 32. He testifies about what he has seen and heard. But how few believe what he tells them. That's enough right there. Verse 33. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. For he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the spirit without limit. 
Now, let's talk about this real quick. Real quick. Lord, don't let me spend forever on this. You know how people, they was like, oh, man, I got to be, I got to be, I got to get more of the spirit. I got to get more of the spirit. Lord, you need to fill me up. That That is not, that is not that. Like, oh, well, have you been baptized in the spirit? That is not that. Understand. Understand this. We talked about this in chapter 3. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Not half the spirit, not a quarter of the spirit, not all of that, not none of that. The whole, whole spirit <laughs> comes and lives inside of you. Now, I'm not I'm not disregarding any other scripture. I'm not disregarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is a thing. That is a separate thing. That is a separate thing. That is a that is a form of anointing that comes over you. I'm not talking about being filled up with the Holy Spirit. That is a, again, that is a separate thing. Um in regards to the Holy Spirit. And we'll we'll talk about the Holy Spirit. He's not to be left out. A lot of people call the Holy Spirit the the forgotten God, and that's that's a whole different thing. It's just I don't want to confuse you. We're not, we not going down that road today. But but I'm not hiding anything from you either. So I'll definitely explain it in short. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means means like, look, um, you can have the Holy Spirit and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes a, a refilling over and over. There's been times when... When I've been just so full of the spirit that I was able to do certain things that I'm not able to do when I'm not full of the Holy Spirit. How can you be full of the Holy Spirit, Keith? You know how it is by reading the Lord's word daily, by contemplating and meditating on his word day and night, by consecrating yourself to the Lord, by fasting. You know, what I mean, by you know, it's, it's so many things like doing the things of the Lord that help you be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be a Christian and have the Holy Spirit and not be full of the Holy Spirit. You're not, I'll tell you this, you're not going to always be full of the Holy Spirit either. That's why it's a constant refilling. You will leak. Why? Because you are, you are human. We leak. You're human. You still have, you have sinful nature. It's like, so like, you know, it, it is this thing of like, Lord, Less of me, more of you. Again, he must increase. I must decrease. Okay. All right. That's enough for that for today. For today. Um verse 34. For he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the spirit. God gives him the spirit without limit. The Father loves his son. And has put everything into his hands. See this? like He's like, fam, this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein. Verse 36. And anyone who believes in God's son has what? Eternal life. See how easy it is? And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life but remains under God's angry judgment. Now, please don't get confused by this chapter. 
Please don't get confused by this verse just a second ago. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains. Okay, check it out. What is the first thing that you must do in order to receive the son? Well, I already gave the answer. What is the first thing you must do in order to be saved from um, from God's angry judgment? What is the first thing you must receive his son? OK, what is receiving his son? Confessing and believing. That is obedience. Number one. Thank you for obeying that. That's number one. Now, what did I tell you last week or, or a couple weeks ago? The Holy Spirit helps you and I even said this um on in last week's episode the Holy Spirit helps you to walk in alignment with how the Lord wants you to walk. What else did I say? Believing means that I put my whole weight on Christ. I put my whole weight on you. I believe in you. Which which also says what I, I also said believing in the Lord says I I no longer want to do the things that I was doing. I mean, again, total depravity. I am a sinner. I I'm not going to say I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, and I'm going to keep living the way that I that I was living. It's like, yo, I might want to keep living the way that I'm living sometimes, but I know that I want you more. I know that I need you. You 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 just I'm I'm telling you, it's not going to be the same. Confess and believe as a believer, you live this life of of you live in repentance. It's not to say that you don't fall. It's not to say that you don't trip up. It's not to say that you don't live in you don't live in this state of well, I'm going to do what I want to do. You don't live there. And if you do and if you are living there, the Holy Spirit, who also lives inside of you, is like, damn, come on. Now, you know, you don't want to do this. And I don't want you to do this. The Holy Spirit will help you to live for him. The Holy Spirit helps you to live for him. Again, that's what it means to be to, to like. That's why it's like, yo, let me continue to walk in the Lord so that I can continue to be filled up by him. So like my desires to do wrong are lessened. My desires to do sin are lessened. What a good God we serve. I, I die for you. Wait, I live for you. Wait, wait, but even further, I I came to this world for you. I live for you. I died for you. I rose for you. Now I live inside of you to do my will. The will that you already want to do for me, that's already innate inside of you to want to do. (laughs) Okay. We must decrease. He must increase. You can't. You can't. You can't. Like my, I would. I this, and this is Keith. This is Keith. This is Keith saying this. This is Keith saying this. And I'm telling you that it's me saying this, so you don't go around saying that the Bible said this. But you can more than likely find support for this, for what I'm saying in the Bible. But I'm going to safeguard myself by saying I said this. Just me. You cannot like the Bible, the, the, you can, if you, if you want to live in sin and you want to receive, you want to receive Jesus 
and you just want to live the life that you were living and you want to live in darkness. I'm not going to question if you weren't if you're not saved anymore. I would question if you were ever saved to begin with, if you ever truly received him to begin with. If you ever really wanted him to begin with. Some people just want Jesus and they don't want Jesus. They want Jesus as fire insurance. They just don't want to go to hell. And that's fine. Some people receive Jesus off of that. I don't want to go to hell. You know, but like, well, what do you want? I, w- I want to live for you then. But some people, and that's why the Bible says, even then, when in, um, we read this in chapter 3 or chapter 2, it says the Lord didn't commit himself to, to everyone. Because he knew what was in every man's heart. Some people just wanted Jesus because they wanted the miracles. But and so and I'm not even gonna say that they just don't want to go to hell because but if you have to have a certain understanding of what hell is in the first place, and no, you don't even have to have an understanding of what hell is in the first place. But what is hell? I, my point is this: we we don't fully understand what hell is. We always think of about hell as. This is where the enemy will be and we'll be there too if we don't accept Jesus. And um, this is, it'll be really hot there and it'll be fire and brimstone and weeping and gnashing the teeth and all of that type of stuff. But what you don't understand or what you don't know is that more than all of those things, more than all of those things, all of those things being there, more than all of those things being there, guess who won't be there? the Lord. Guess who won't be there? And that is the thing. That is the thing. Like you think that this world is bad. That is what hell is. It's it's worse. You take God out of the equation. And that is what hell is. Without his love, without his mercy, without his grace, all of that. It's like, yo, this is what you wanted. This is what you said that you wanted. You got it. You got it. You didn't want me. So you don't have me here. This is what you said that you wanted. And the, But the Bible does say, the Bible does say, if I make my bed in hell, he will be there. So like even in that, he's there, but without without the benefits. Without the benefits of having them there. Like he'll be there. He, he know, He's there. But none, none of the stuff that you, that you, none of the good stuff that you associate him with. And God is only good. But he's like, look, I just got to be here. I got to, I'm here because I'm always going to be here for you. But I'm always going to be here because it's my world ultimately. But none of, none of the, none of the, 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 what I would call perks and none of the attributes of God. That's what hell is. The absence of the presence of God. You don't want it. But but I believe that everybody listening to this podcast is a believer and or on their way to becoming a believer. And I believe and I pray and I know in, in, in Jesus that this will not be a fate because... Why else would you be listening to this, right? And I'm not being sarcastic. So we're going to read the uh, first half of chapter 4. 
We're going to call it. I love this. This is the crux of it all. This I've been trying to get to this. And this is this is a shout out to all the feminists out there that say that Jesus is is anti-feminist and he's anti-women and that the Bible is oppressive to women. Hello, feminists out there. I hope you're listening. Here we go. Happy National Women's Month in or International Happy Women's Month. <laughs> chapter 4, John chapter 4. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Get this, get this, get this. I'm going to read this part again. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So, if we go back up to chapter 3, at the end of chapter 3, where old boy and all John's disciples was mad because Jesus was baptizing, Jesus wasn't even the one baptizing. And they was mad. You don't even know the half. When you mad. Even though you had no right to be mad in the first place. But here's the thing. And then you're like, well, why didn't Jesus baptize? I just picture it like this. Picture this, right? Picture um, you, you just got baptized by your aunt or, or by your pastor. I don't know what church you go to. Picture um, you just got baptized by your pastor and you're real excited. And someone else just got baptized and y'all out there coffee or whatever and y'all excited. And you're like, yeah, you know, I just got baptized. And they're like, yeah, who baptized you? And you're like, yeah, my pastor just baptized me. And the other person that you're getting coffee with is like, oh, is that so? Well, Jesus himself baptized me. Now, that person would make it would feel like and probably rightfully so. They will feel superior to you or you or if the shoe was on the other foot, you will feel superior to them. Again, that ain't what Jesus is about. We all on the level playing field. Y'all all can baptize. You can baptize people. You should baptize people. You should get baptized. It's not a it's not a thing, even though, you know, Paul, Paul. Um, and I'll keep referring to Paul. We're going to learn about Paul one day. Um, Paul was like. He was like, look, I don't, I don't even come to baptize. He's like, I ain't come to baptize. I came to um, tell people about Jesus. Like, baptism is important, but what's of most importance? People knowing who the Lord is. People coming to faith. People coming to faith. People accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So Jesus wasn't out here baptizing because he didn't want anybody being able to boast in and of themselves. I'm sure people was asking, like, fam, why are you not baptizing? Like, this, because I, I know, I know what's in the heart of man. <laughs> I know what y'all about. I know, of course, y'all want me to baptize y'all. No, it would be dope to be baptized by Jesus, though. But even better, if we get baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son, who is Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. So we good. We covered. Jesus' whole thing is like, fam, do my work. Do the work that I was doing. 
All right, verse 3. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had he had to go through Samaria on the way. Check it out. No, he did not. <laughs> Keith, what are you talking about? The Bible is infallible. I'm glad you know that the Bible is infallible. No, he did not have to go through Samaria. He did not have to go to Samaria to get to Galilee. That is out of the way. If you look at the map, that would have been out of the way. I don't know exactly the right coordinates. I don't know the exact right direction or how far out of the way. But it was extremely out of the way to go to Samaria. So Jesus did not have to geographically go through Samaria to get to Galilee. No, he did not. But he did. He did. He had to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. And here's why. Eventually, oh, and I'm going to cry. Um, eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So they're referencing um, Old Testament, Old Testament um, forefathers which was very important to this person that we're getting ready to meet Jacob's well was there and Jesus turned from the long walk sat warily beside the well about noontime and we'll get to that soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her please give me a drink this is the person this is the person that Jesus had to go see. This is the reason why Jesus had to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. That exact opposite. Like this is out of the way. And if I'm a disciple, especially in that time, I'm like, where did you say we were going again? This is not the way. And Jesus is like, this is the way. I need to go to Samaria to see about this woman that's going to be at this well at noontime. What, what is the significance of noontime? Understand that they would, women, women especially, would go and draw water either early in the morning or in the evening when the sun was, like when the sun was not at its peak because it's hot out there. They would go in the morning times or they would go at night. Why was this Samaritan woman getting um, water in the dead heat of the day. Well, in fact, because she was a Samaritan woman. Samaritans, what are Samaritans? Samaritans were exiled by the Jews. They were um, people that mixed with Jewish people. So they they were so it was so jacked up because they were um, they were half Jewish and half I forget. What else? But they weren't full Jewish. So they were worshiping. They wanted to worship the Jewish God, but they had to worship him on their own time and on and in their own way and all of that type of stuff because they were not accepted by full blooded Jews. And here comes Jesus. So on top of this, keep this in mind. She's not just she's not just a Jew. She's not. She, you know I mean, she's not just a Jew. She's a Samaritan, which were seen as unclean by, quote unquote, God's chosen people. And I'm not even going to say, quote unquote, because they were God's chosen people and they are God's chosen people. They, they are the people that God chose to show himself through so that we can have access to him 
as well. Like, look, look at what I did. Now I'm extending this to all of y'all. Um, look at who I am. He showed himself to them so that he could show himself to us so that we can appreciate it even more. Do you know that God could not, he could have not done any of this and would have been justified. He would have been justified. He was like, look, I'm going to leave y'all dead in y'all sin. Matter of fact, I'm going to just smash all of y'all and it'll be over and done with. And I'm going to just start completely over. Or I won't start over. I'll do something completely different because I'm God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, Lord. Huh. So Jesus, so she's not just a Samaritan. She's a woman. She's a woman. She's a Samaritan woman. That's two strikes against her in this time. And here go Jesus talking to her. And not just talking to her, but asking her for a drink of water in the middle of noon. Verse 7, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So Jesus decided to spend some alone time with this woman. Very intimate our Savior is. Jesus decided to 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 be to have a very personal moment with this woman, with this Samaritan woman. We do understand that at this time, women were not regarded highly at all. Well, not not much different from today, although it's much worse. And, and I know that women have it bad today, but in these times, in these Bibles times, it was terrible. Terrible. You would not want to be a woman... You I curse the day of your birth if you was a woman in these times. But look at Jesus. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Jesus, if you talk about being a feminist, Jesus is a feminist. Period. Let's read. You don't believe me? Find out. We're gonna look through the text. Christianity is I'm starting a new I'm starting a new segment. I'm starting a new segment. Is that so? That's the name of that's the name of the segment. And I'm gonna make some music or I'm gonna insert some music somewhere. And I'm, is is that so? This we have entered the is that so segment part of the show. Christianity is oppressive to women. Is that so? Bump that. Forget Christianity. Jesus Christ. Is oppressive to women. Is that so? Let's read and find out. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. It was a very real thing. They needed food. Chapter verse 9. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. So it was very apparent that Jesus looked like a Jew. So he wasn't some white man with blonde hair walking around 
very beautiful white man just walking around. He looked like a Jew. She knew he was a Jew offhand. Probably because he looked like a Jew. Probably because he was of Jewish descent. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew. And I, I'm just so upset. I, I just get so upset at these misnomers and misrepresentations of, of my Lord and my Savior. And of this beautiful faith that we have. And this beautiful thing that the enemy is like, who knows is the truth and tries to corrupt it through all of these religions. And all of these just random ideas and, and lies that people have just taken on as truth with little to no um, research and just just choose to be erroneous so yes hear my passion in this hear my anger in this hear my sarcasm in this be, hear my passion in this because it is the truth unto salvation for it is the power unto salvation the gospel is how dare you How dare you try to take the name of, of this of this Lord, the wonderful God that we serve. For God so loved the world. Now you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And then on top of that, this ain't true. This ain't. Shut up. Yes, it is. He is who he says he is. And he's more than you can ever imagine. He is all. He is everything. Verse 9, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew. And I'm going to read it like this, because sometimes we'll read the scriptures like very, I told y'all, stop reading the Bible all dry. Stop reading it like that. Read it with, read it with some oomph, read it with how people would talk to people who, who wouldn't think that somebody was the Messiah talk to you like a regular person this woman was very sarcastic we will come to find this woman wasn't stupid you find out she's very smart this woman the woman was surprised i'm still in verse nine i'm sorry the woman was surprised the jews refused to have anything to do with samaritans she said to jesus you are a jew and i am a samaritan woman why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Jesus is the living water. Verse 11, But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? Again, I told you she could talk like that. Our ancestor, da, 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 because he's half Jew. That's what Samaritans are. They have Jewish people. So the Jews were like, you know, if you ain't full blood, then, you know. Some of you can relate to this. The Bible is very relatable, and so is my Savior. Verse 12, 
And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? That's so funny. If like we on the other end, like we are on the um, like it's like we're the art. Well, we are the audience. We are in on the inside joke, you know. So we know this before she knows it. Like, fam, she's speaking to the savior of the whole world. She's speaking to God himself. And she's telling him, is your water better than the water that Jacob was able to give us? Like, and Jesus is like very humble. Jesus is very meek. He didn't just say like, fam, I, I created Jacob and I created this well. Jesus speaks to her in a way that she would know, in a way that wouldn't be deterring to her, in a way that would get her to understand things. Why? Because he's the savior of the whole world. <laughs> Jesus replied, verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Let's read. Let's read that again. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them an eternal life. People, everything else that we're searching for outside of this living water, outside of the living water, who is Jesus Christ? We will thirst after it again. We will thirst after it again. If it's sex, we're going to want more. We're going to want more. And we'll never be fulfilled. And a lot of times it doesn't fulfill us. But we, we keep going back to it, hoping that it will be better the second time or that it will be better the next time or that it will be like the first time or that it will be like this time when you did it with this person or so on and so forth. Or maybe it's the or maybe it's the alcohol, maybe it's the partying, um, maybe it's the uh. Maybe it's not any of these things that, or these quintessential things. Maybe it's the career that we're looking after. And then we've obtained and then we got the career that we thought that we wanted. And it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Or maybe it's the person that we thought that we always wanted to be with. And we finally got the person and, and they weren't all who we thought that they would be. Or maybe it's the children that we have. And we say, and although they're great, it, it doesn't fulfill us like we thought that it would. And we still are longing for a certain and love that we that we never um thought that we could obtain and still haven't obtained it we are looking for things it's like drinking soda over and over and over and over again trying to quench our thirst only making us more and more thirsty he is the well that he is the well that keeps giving and it won't run dry He is who we want. Verse 15. The woman said, please, sir. The woman said, give me this water. She she got she it's an exclamation mark. So she yelling, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never thirst again. And I won't have to come here to get water. She being smart. She not she not like, oh, dope. 
Kimmy this morning. No, she's not. She's being smart. So Jesus says, and here's where I'm trying to tell y'all, my Lord is hilarious, and he don't play no games. <laughs> Verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. <laughs> go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. (laughs) You certainly spoke the truth. You don't have no husband. You got five husbands. And the person you with right now is not your husband. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Whoa, 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 whoa. How'd you go from him being a prophet to how'd you go from, yeah, I got five husbands and the man I'm living with ain't my husband. Yeah, you a prophet to, well, how about this? What about that? How? Fam, listen, on this journey, on this recent journey that I've been on, like where I'm just like, look, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over this world. I forget everything about this world. It's not about this world. Y'all need Jesus, point blank, period. And I'm going to do everything in my power to, to, you know, for you to know him as much as I can do. And as much as the Lord will allow me to do, that's what we're going to do. Um, I've learned more and more how much people are offended by Jesus, how much people are offended by him, how much Jesus makes people have to decide about what they're going to do. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Wait a minute. Don't tell me this. Don't tell me that. Well, well, since Well, if Jesus is the truth, we'll explain why y'all got 66 books and y'all missing 200 books, which we're not. Well, well, if Jesus is the only way, we'll explain why y'all got all these different denominations. Well, if, 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 if it's Jesus, well, what? So you trying to tell me that this and that is wrong? Well, I'm not ready to talk about this yet. I'm not ready to do that's you deflecting. You're deflecting. And this woman is doing nothing any different. She is deflecting. So all of a sudden you just hop into this um, philosophical debate about why why this is over here and why that ain't over there and all of that. What does that have to do with what we talking about? People will hop into that thing. Because he forces, he makes you, and I don't want to say force in that way, but it causes you to decide. I told people, I said, Jesus is a, a is either Lord, he's a lunatic, or he's a liar. And people was like, well, maybe he didn't say it at all. No, no, no. He said it. He said it. Now, what are you going to do about it? You have to decide. He... You got to make a decision. The woman said, you must be a prophet. So now, all right, since you a prophet, since you know everything, tell me why 
is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it? That's not even a prophetic question. I can, You can answer that without being no prophet. Tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Answer me that before I make any other further decision. Since you want to give me this living water, that ain't in the scriptures. That's essentially what she's saying. Jesus replied, this is verse 21, believe me, dear woman, Jesus is always like always respectful, always like woman is a respectful term for them. I told y'all that in chapter two. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. So Jesus is killing her question two times over. I'm answering your literal question, but I'm also answering a question that you're not really asking, but you should know because like you you as a Samaritan, you'll be able to worship with us as one. Like it's not going to be a Jew a Jew versus Samaritan versus Gentile thing. Samaritans will have Jews, have Gentile. He's like, fam, none of that is it, it, it none of that matters. Verse 22, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. See, I told y'all. <laughs> the truth is looking, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. Wait, oh, I skipped, hold on, hold on, skip. But the truth, wait, where am I? Verse 22, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. The time is now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. People ask, well, is God a man or a woman? He's neither. He's not a man or a woman. He is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And she was so right. She was so right. She was so right. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. See, because Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to women. That's not that's not what that wasn't right. That wasn't kosher, as it were. That wasn't kosher. Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to no woman. That's against the rules. And we find him talking to women all throughout these scriptures. Because <laughs> Jesus don't care. Jesus don't care about these laws that they done made up. <laughs> 
Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Like Jesus was like, I don't. Not that. So here's here's my thing. So they knew this wasn't to say, see, so see, people will say this. They'll, I'm sure they will use this scripture to say, see, Jesus wasn't fully man. Jesus was he was more God than he was man. He wasn't man at all. He was just God pretending to be man and standing there. No, Jesus got hungry and they knew Jesus got hungry because after being with this dude for mad long, they wouldn't still be asking him to eat something. He just knew that the there's a deeper food than the physical food. This wasn't to say that Jesus never ate. Wasn't to say that. I'm so sick of this. Like, stop. Don't ever say that. <laughs> oh, I know. I know people use that as like a thing. Like, oh, he ain't eat. Jesus did eat. Jesus did eat. He got tired, too. That's why Jesus sat down. You saw Jesus sat down. Where is it? Wait. Yes. See, verse six, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well. Afternoon, Jesus was thirsty. He asked the water for woman for something to drink. <sighs> See, he was like, they was like, look, I, I got food that you don't know anything about. Like, fam, and it ain't it ain't for me. It's for y'all. That's what he was on. Verse 30. Jesus was a different cat. Verse 33. Did, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The Jews asked each other. Why? Because they knew he ate. Let me get off of this. Jesus ate. That's point blank period. Jesus 34. Jesus 34. <laughs> John chapter John chapter uh, 4, verse 34. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You man, I'm never more fulfilled than when I do something for the Lord. And neither will you be. Try to try it. Try doing something for the Lord and just see how fulfilled you are. There's this um it's not a scripture, but there's a quote by a famous runner at the time. It's an old quote where he says, he said, um, he said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. It was to say, it was to say, I'm doing the very thing that I was created to do. And I know that God is pleased with me when I'm doing the thing that he created me to do. When you are doing the will of God, you are never more fulfilled. And I'm not going to say that it's not tiresome. I'm not going to say because Jesus got tired. You saw that he was sitting there. He was sitting at the well. He was tired doing the will of God. It's not to say that you won't dislike it sometimes, but you won't ever be more fulfilled 
and I'll dare I say you won't be fulfilled until you are doing the Lord's will. It is what you are created to do. What is the meaning of life? Why am I here to please God? Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work and now you would get to gather the harvest. See, check this out. What I might be doing with this podcast is is planting. What I might be doing with this podcast is planting a seed in your heart, planting a seed in your spirit, planting a seed in your mind. And you might not come to Christ if you're not a believer you might not come to Christ like oh yeah I was listening to this podcast and I was listening every week and I came to Christ because of this podcast somebody might walk down the street one day and explain the gospel to you in a way that you never thought imaginable and then you get it and then you're like look I'm I'm going to be saved now I I love the Lord I accept the Lord into my heart and then and then you just and that that is them harvesting what I what it is that I have planted. And this might be the other way around. People have probably planted seeds in your life all life, all your life. And I might say something that makes you go, look, I yield, I yield. What must I a sinner do to be saved? Whatever it might be, some water, some water, some plant, some some heart, like some of us harvest. But we only harvest to make more disciples so that we can get other people to know and know this joy that we have. Ah. Uh-huh. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have... Like, see, John, we, we would call John the Baptist a planter because John was just planting seeds. Like, look, he coming, he coming, he coming, he coming. Here he is. My job is pretty much done because I was created to be a forerunner of Jesus anyway. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you would get to gather the harvest. Verse 29. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did when they came out to see him they begged him to stay in their village they begged them they begged him to stay in their village they were like Jesus don't leave stay with us so he stayed for two days so like Jesus he would never I mean, let me not say never but it said like Jesus wouldn't stay too many places long. He wouldn't stay. That's why it was important for the Holy Spirit to come so that he could stay. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves 
Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Lord, you you go out of your way for us. You go out of your way for us. You go out of your way for us. You will go. There's 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 no um wall you won't kick down. There's no wall you uh, don't. I don't know the words. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. But you will come after us and you will chase us, Lord God, because you love us that much. Each and every last single one of us. Jew and Gentile alike. Man and woman alike. We just say thank you for who you are. We say thank you, Lord God, for for um, quenching our thirst. With the uh, the 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 sprite, the sprite tagline is "Obey your thirst." You are what we long for. And our our our, our flesh, our bodies, our spirit says, "Look, we need the Lord. We need Him." So anyone that doesn't know who you are. As the pardon of their sins, Lord God, I pray, I pray, Lord God, I pray that this helps. I pray that a a seed has been planted and I pray that it doesn't fall on hard soil. I pray that people will continue to listen to this podcast and continue to get filled up and continue to um, be on the lookout for you and begin to to to, you know, to cultivate a relationship with you. Although ultimately you are the one that is doing that. Allow us to be forerunners for you, Lord God, as John the Baptist was. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done. We love you and we glorify you. It is in your precious son, Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Next podcast, I might do a two-parter. I might do two this week because I do want to get out of John. I mean, and we, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to rush it, but I do want to get out of John. There's so much more to talk about. <laughs> um, I do love talking about my savior. There's so much to pull from John, but, um, yeah, I just don't want to, you know, I want to get out of John. So <laughs> I don't, and I don't want to be, I don't want to belabor it. And I don't want to just take all day getting out of John. So, um, I pray that this is beneficial to you. The same thing that I keep telling y'all, man, if there's if there's something that you don't understand, just let me know and I will explain it. If there's something that, um, you know, well, like um, one thing, a person they were telling me um, from the other podcast, the podcast from the other day, it was like I never heard in the Bible where it says that, um, that, uh, that, you know, um, hell wasn't fashioned for us, but like where we weren't supposed to go to hell, like where, where it wasn't for us. I never read that in the Bible. I don't know where that is. And, um, so I provided them with, um, some scriptures. And so I'll, I'll read some of them for you. Um, this one is in Matthew 25 verse 41. Then he's, then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And um, um, Revelations 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them and the devil who deceived them 
was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Um, Second Peter verse two, verse four, second Peter chapter two, verse four, for God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment. This wasn't hell wasn't for us. It's not natural for us to die. It's not natural for us not to be with him. It's not natural for us to not to not be in the Garden of Eden. This is a fall. We are living in a fallen world. He is our only escape. Jesus is our only escape. Our only escape, our only possibility of getting back to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. I cannot stress that enough. It's like, it's like, you're on the Titanic and the Titanic is going down. And thank God for the movie so you can already see the illustration. The Titanic is going down and there's only one raft. There's only one raft. And you're like, well, or better yet, there's that um that little door that Rose was on for herself herself. And you're like, and it was like, yo, get on, get on that, get on that um that door so that you can make it to safety. And you're like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really like that. I don't really like that. Um, I don't really like that door. Why don't you like the door? Well, that door was fashioned because, you know, it's 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 um that door is um misogynistic. That door caters towards men. It's like, well, that's not true. But like, even if it was, that's your only hope. I don't like it. Why don't you like it? I don't like it because because it, it, it opposes religion it opposes other other religion like well well it's just trying to tell you the truth but even if it does this is the only way i don't like it well why don't you like it well i don't like it because you know they use it to oppress slaves uh, all i'm like well that's also not true i mean well i mean well no that part is true but that's not what it was about that's not what it was originally for but that's your only hope. What are you going to do? There's nothing else out here that can carry you to safety. That is it. That is it. You'll find that you'll find that this thing is your only hope and you'll find that it will surely carry you to safety. And if that will do it, how much more will our Lord and Savior do it? He's beneficial for this life and the next. God bless you.